0: The following recording is from the Parramatta Christian Church pulpit series. These sermons are freely available at pcc.org.au today, uh, Through this Word, uh, through His Word, and our lives, uh, what He's going to do in our lives for His glory. And whenever God is glorified, we, are, we, we benefit from Him being glorified. So that's, that's the great hope I have. Uh, to Venison, and coming to you guys with a word from god is just god glorify your name so we can benefit lord by you being glorified so we can be encouraged so we can be saved so we can be uh, put in the position that we can serve you lord like the way you want us to serve you like uh, and mold us to the image of your son yes. your, your 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 glory like this, this wonderful person which is jesus christ it's just mold us into his image So central to our faith is this topic, the topic of um, Jesus being the Christ. It is central to our faith. And we see that when the Apostle Paul, Apostle Paul, at the end of his gospel, he states the reason of his selection of the signs that he's written about in his gospel as being that uh, the reason is why he's recorded his gospel is that we may believe that Jesus of Nazareth is, in fact, the Christ, the anointed one, the promised one, the one that was to come and be this king that will reign forever in a just and faithful way. So um, it is central to our faith and and also the reason that he gives that um he writes that it's important for us to believe in jesus christ and, and christ as the son of god as well is because by believing we're going to have life we may have life from eternal life so this idea of jesus being christ has eternal implications for us so it's central to our faith and it's very important that we get a grasp of what it means that jesus christ jesus is the christ so that's what we're going to talk about, and uh, that's in John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31, that says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these, these signs that he recorded are written that you may believe, and that, that believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name. And the word Messiah, which is the Hebrew term, um, I don't, you just have to clear your throat at the end of this, this word to make it sound like uh, the original, but this word is translated by the word anointed, and the term is then brought to English as Messiah. In the Greek, the New Testament, is, it is Christos, which was then, it became in English, Christ. Messiah and Christ both refer to refer, refer to, to the king anointed by God to rule on his behalf according to the old testament prophecies. A kingdom with no end, an eternal, an, an, an eternal kingdom, a kingdom of justice, a kingdom, a godly kingdom, a kingdom that will, will never end in that sense. So um, but for many today, when we say Jesus Christ. Many think that Christ is actually the surname of Jesus, (laughs) just as um, uh, Eduardo Ramos is Ramos is the surname. People think that people that know know, don't don't know Christ in a personal relationship. They don't know about Jesus. They think, well, who is this Jesus? Jesus, yeah, who is this Jesus? Jesus is Christ. Christ, Jesus. This is a surname, but it is not. It's more like a functional name. It's more like a, a title. It's a title. It's not a name in a, in a sense. So it informs the mission. It informs what Jesus was set and he entered the history to accomplish. So it informs what Jesus is about to be doing in, 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 in our world. So it's more like a title. It's not a, it's not a name per se. So it informs us of what Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit to accomplish on our behalf. Amen. And this idea of an anointing anointed king that was promised to the people of God can be traced back as far, back as King David, about a, a thousand years before Christ. We can see this idea developing and this hope for this blessed king, this anointed king that God would make come forth in history, this hope. Is born when King David also is an uh, um, anointed king. And we see this in First Samuel chapter 16, verses 1, 12 to 13. And it says, The Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse. Uh, I think that's the word. Did I say Jesse? Jesse of Bethlehem, I have chosen one of his sons to be king. So he sent for him and had him brought in. This is uh, verse 12. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. And King David became this model of a king anointed with God's spirit and power. He was the model that the other kings was, were compared to him as, as in if they were a good king, they walked according to what David did. If they were a bad king, they didn't do what David did during his life, during his reign. So he became this model, this great model for the kings of Israel that came after him. And from this, and from this model, God began to use his prophets to promise, to promise a future Messiah, a future Christ king a future anointed one the future anointed one one descended from david that would reign forever and we see that in, in, in 2 Samuel chapter uh, chapter 7, verses 12 and 16, when the prophet, prophet uh, Nathan, I think uh, is prophesying, he says, when your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, he's saying this to David, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood. I will establish his kingdom. Your house and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever forever and the hope for this eternal kingdom established by God and administered by his descendant of, De- this descendant of David is then at the heart of the Old Testament believers' hope. This is what they hope for. this is what they expected. this is what they prayed for God bring forth this kingdom. Bring forth, Lord, this anointed one, this Messiah. We need him, Lord. We are eager to see him. Well, this, is what, this was the hope of the Old Testament believers. That God will fulfill, his, will fulfill his promise of bringing forth this one descendant of David that is anointed king forever. So the hope of this eternal kingdom established by God is then at the heart of the believers hope in the Old Testament even when the Davidic dynasty ended in about the 6th century BC before Christ with the with uh, with the with the people being taken captive to a foreign land, the people of God continued to believe in this promise of God because God continued to use the prophets to say I am bringing forth this descendant of David, I'm going to keep my promise I'm going to bring a king that his, his reign is forever, he's a Just king, he's a perfect king, he will reign forever, he will restore Israel, he's the hope of the nation. And I'll bring him forth. We see this in the prophet, and we see this in when prophet Isaiah was prophesying, chapter 11, verses 1 to 4, and verse 10. It says, A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse, from his roots, a branch will bear fruit, the spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the spirit. Verse 10, in that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nation will rally to him and his resting place will be glorious. And and so when we understand this hope for this anointed one that was present in the Old Testament believer... And only when we understand this great hope that he had, that they had for this Messiah, for this Christ, for this the King Christ, is that we understand the magnitude of the claims of the New Testament about this Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of the Capernaum, being this Christ, this promised one, this King that was to come, this great Messiah, this person that we anointed by God to accomplish what God has promised for his people. And we see this in Matthew, the way that Matthew starts his gospel. Matthew 1 verse 1, this is the genealogy of Jesus the... Messiah, the son of who? The son of David. What Matthew is saying is, look, this is the promise of God being fulfilled. This is the King that we await. This is the Christ that we that we pray for. This is the one that is coming to save us. He's the one. Our wait is over. He is the Christ. We also see this in Mark at the center of his gospel in Mark chapter 8 verse 29 when he says, he uh, Jesus walks up to his disciples and asks, but what, you, what about you? He asks, who do you say I am? And Peter answered to Jesus, you are the Messiah. For the disciples, they were seeing in front of their eyes, their very eyes, God fulfilling his promise and bringing forth this king that would reign forever, this person that would be anointed by God to accomplish everything that God had promised. You are the Messiah, the Christ. It's the same word. Same, same idea. This anointed one that we waiting for, that we waiting for. In Luke's gospel, we see that Jesus, Jesus trial uh, uh, when he was, he was being trial, uh, trial or, or judged or whatever. He was being he was before the court. That's it. That's it better way. Yeah, yes. That's right. I'll try that next time. Just say in Portuguese and say by faith that God will translate it for you guys. (laughs) So in Luke, Jesus was in Jesus' trial. The claim that they brought against him is that he was claiming to be the Messiah. Luke. Chapter 23, verse 2. And they began to accuse him, saying, We have found this man subverting our nation. He opposes uh, opposes payment of taxes to Caesar and claims to be Messiah, a king. John's purpose in writing his gospel, as I said in the beginning of our message here, is stated by near, by, by him near the end of, the, of his record on, on his gospel, in chapter 20 of his gospel. And he says, Jesus performed many other miracles in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these... These signs that I recorded for you to read about and to know about, they were written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the promised one, the great deliverer, the great king that was to come. He is now here. Praise the Lord. And that by believing, you may have life in his name. So, since all the gospels affirm of this claim that Jesus was or the, the Jesus of Nazareth was was the Christ, it's no surprise to find that the early church was seen in Jesus the fulfillment of the promise of the Anointed One. So, the early church had Jesus as the fulfillment of the promise of God. The promised Christ was before the very their very eyes, and they. Hold. They held it. Held to that by faith, and he was announced as the king, as the the descendant of King David, anointed by God to fulfill the promise found in Isaiah chapter eleven, chapter sixty one. If I, if memory doesn't fail me, if it does, uh, forgive me in Jesus' name. But again, in chapter 11, I'll just read it out for you again. A shoot will come up from the stamp of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of the knowledge and fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees. This is a different type of king. He will decide by what he hears, with his ears, but but with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. And in that day the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples. The nations will rally to him and his resting place will be glorious. And for the early church this was him, Jesus of Nazareth was this promise fulfilled and it's amazing but of course in jesus day many people rejected the idea that he was christ so in jesus day this messianic prophecy was understood in military terms in physical terms so for for the jew for example uh, the needy and the poor was seen as themselves well, we are the needy of the poor that have been oppressed by this foreign force, which is Rome, that is oppressing us in, in a sense. And for them, the wicked was Rome, the Romans, who ruled over them uh, over Judea from the year 63 B.C. And the Messiah's mouth and breath were perceived as his commandments to slay Israel enemies, but not for Christians. We understand this prophecy in a different way. The Christian interpretation of this prophecy sees the needy and the poor as all who need God's mercy. And I ask, who needs God's mercy? Because all have sinned. So, this king came not only for the Jews, but he came for everybody that needs him. And everybody, every single person needs a savior, needs a Christ. And God has provided us Christ Jesus to be the answer for our problems. It's amazing. So, we are the needy, we are the poor. And it's, it's amazing that it's the wicked are all who do injustice. The Messiah's mouth and breath are simply his word conquering teachings. And the rallying of the nations to him is, is the word willing, world's willing acceptance of him as the ultimate anointing one. By the year 300 and something, the whole Roman Empire was permeated with this gospel of Jesus Christ, with the message that a king was born to us. An anointed one. Christ Jesus. As Christ, Jesus was anointed by God, the Spirit, to accomplish certain things. There was a purpose of by which He was anointed, by what which He is called the Christ. This is clearly seen when Jesus at the very beginning of his ministry, one of his first public appearance in the synagogue. He declares himself as the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy about the Christ that was to come. This is in Luke chapter 4, verses 16 to 21. And it says, He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found a place where it is written. Pay attention. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him because they understood the claim that he was making. And he began by saying to them, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. I am what you're waiting for. I am your hope. This is what the message of Jesus, this is what Jesus was saying. And not only that, but I I am your hope in the capacity that I came to accomplish things that God wants to provide for you. And he stated on the prophecy as well, this is great news for us. This is awesome news for us. God has fulfilled his promise. The Christ has been sent to us, and he is anointed to first proclaim the good news to us, the needy of God's mercy. If before we couldn't we could not hear God from God, now God has entered into history in order to make himself and his will known to us. We were incapable of hearing from God, of having fellowship with God, but because God has sent his Christ His Christ is proclaiming the good news of God to us, the good news of God's will to us, and we can have now knowledge of who God is and his will for us. People found themselves lost in their sins and transgressions without hope. But Jesus of Nazareth is the promised Christ that was sent to reveal God to us. And we can see this in John chapter 17 verse 26 when Jesus is praying for his disciples and he's talking to God the Father and he says, I have made you known to them. And I will continue to make you known in order that the the love you have for me may be be in them and that I myself may be in them. He came, this Jesus the Christ, the anointed one, the Messiah, our Messiah, our anointed one came so that we could start hearing and, and understanding who God is and what God expects from us is God's will for us, God's decrees us. And this is such good news. Because of our sin, we were separated from God. Incapable of hearing from God because we were dead in our sins and trespasses. But God sent us a Christ that was able to reveal who God is, who the Father is. This is Fantastic news. And you can know God and abide in His will today through Jesus the Christ. Another thing that Jesus was anointed to, to do as, as, as the Christ, He is anointed to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and freedom for the oppressed We were slaves to sin, to death, and to the devil. But he has come with power to free us from bondage and slavery. And so today you stand here as a free person because Jesus is our Christ. Romans 6, verse 20, 22 and 23. We were slaves to sin. You were free from the control of righteousness. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness. And the result is eternal life. Whereas before we were slaves to sin and that brought condemnation, now we're slaves to God and that brings us eternal life. Glory be to Jesus the Christ. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is life, eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Hebrews 2, verses 14 and 15. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. This is such good news. This is such wonderful news to us. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 3 and 4 all of us lived among them at one time them being the ones that didn't know God dead in their sins and transgressions gratifying the cravings of, of our flesh and following the des- its desires and thoughts like the rest we were by nature deserving of wrath but because of his great love for us God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. We have freedom in Christ. Jesus. He has power. He has authority to set us free because all power and all authority was given to him. You can be free today through faith in Christ Jesus. Whatever is bounding you, whatever is keeping you as a slave, Jesus has power to break the curse in Jesus' name and set you free because he is our Christ that was promised by God from old. Oh, praise God. Praise God is wonderful but it's not only that it keeps getting better as christ is also anointed to give recovery of sight for the blind we could not perceive god we could not see god because of our fallen because of our fallen state But Jesus the Christ was anointed to make God known in such a way that whoever sees Jesus, whoever perceives Jesus, whoever believes Jesus, also sees the Father. John 14, verse 6 to 9. Jesus was talking to his disciples and Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. And Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, then that will be enough for us. And Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you such a long time, anyone who sees me has seen the Father, has been healed of his blindness, spiritual blindness. How can you say, show us the Father? Friend, if today we turn our eyes to Jesus the Christ, if today we turn our sight and perceive who Jesus Christ is and and understand who He is and, and turn our eyes to Him, we can enter into God's presence and worship Him in a meaningful and true way. A more deeper way. If we turn our eyes to Jesus, the Christ, because He was anointed to accomplish that in our, on our behalf and for us, praise be to God. And also, He was anointed to proclaim the year of the Lord's freedom. And this, and this phrase, if you look, if you want, brings to mind the jubilee year. And the Jubilee year was one year every 50 years. All debts should be canceled and forgiven and all slaves set free. And what Jesus is saying, look, this is the time when God is pouring out His grace so that He can forgive sins, that He can free slaves. This is the year of the Lord's freedom. And you know what the great news is? Because Jesus was saying that this is the time when God, by grace, was bringing freedom from the guilt and effects of sin. And the great news is that we are still living this year. God, in grace and in mercy is the lame judgment day so this door remains open to us so we can go through this door and be set free from the bondages and the slavery that is on us and the, the things that are holding us and bounding us and also that our debt can be forgiven this is fantastic news Today, we and you have the opportunity to enter through this door and be saved, be set free from the power of sin, from the power of death and the power of the devil. And like the Apostle John concluded his book, I conclude my sermon this morning saying these things were said And of all the things that could be said about Jesus. So that you would believe that he is the Christ. The anointed one. The Messiah. Son of God. And by believing, have eternal life. I want to give you one minute so you can reflect on what we have said. As we said, he is anointed to proclaim freedom for prisoners and and freedom for the oppressed. And maybe you've been oppressed lately. Maybe there's something that is just taking away your joy. Or even maybe you haven't started in a journey with a personal relationship through faith in Jesus Christ with God. But you are before the very promised one, Jesus, the Christ who has power to insert you into the presence of God of, of our God through faith in Jesus, through faith in him. if you just believe, He is the one that came to, make God known to us to proclaim the good news to us and here God is using me to say I'm proclaiming still the good news to these people that 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 are poor and needy of God's grace and God's mercy and this is the opportunity that God is giving and providing to us in Jesus. He is anointed as the Christ to Bring recovery of sight for the blind and maybe your vision and understanding of Jesus is starting to become a little bit blurry. Maybe the things of this world are are, are starting to get get a grasp on you. Are starting to, to really bind you back again to chains. And maybe your desire is no longer to be with God anymore as much as it is to have a comfort life, a a, a pleasant life, uh, success in this world, health. Jesus is no longer the center. My friend, let me tell you something. He has come so he, we can have recovery of sight and understand who he is and perceive him. And when we perceive him, we perceive the majesty, the glory, the splendor of this perfect God of the universe. And all our longings. When we see God and we perceive God are transformed. No longer we count as gain this world, but we can but we can't we count as, as as gain Jesus Christ. No longer our reward will be blessings here, but will be Jesus the Christ in a satisfying manner. no longing anymore he has come to proclaim, proclaim the year of the Lord's freedom and maybe that's you that is carrying a weight of guilt because of your debt before God and you do have a debt before God that needs to be paid God has provided a way for that debt to be paid, which is Jesus, the Christ. And through faith in Him, this payment becomes effective on your life and, he, and His justice is imputed to you. And yes. I want to pray for people this morning. They want to say, Lord, I need... Jesus the Christ in my life I need to be renewed in my faith in this Jesus the Christ, this understanding that God has fulfilled this promise to us and he has anointed the king that his kingdom is forever and he is preparing me for this eternal life with him If you're that person that needs this prayer, I want to say, God, I want to enter through this door of opportunity that you are still holding your hope wide open to us. You just to put your hands in your heart wherever you are. I'm not going to ask you to come to the front, but just I want to pray for you wherever you are now. Just put your hand on your heart. I'm going to pray for you. God bless you in Jesus' name. Spirit Holy Spirit Lord convey this truth Lord in a convincing manner. Yes, Jesus. for every heart that is in here Lord help us Lord perceive your beauty and your glory as we look to Jesus and we see the Father we see this wonderful and worthy God And I pray for those that are carrying, Lord, a weight of guilt. May it be lifted up now, Lord, in Jesus' name. Removed. Removed by the power that Jesus the Christ has. By faith in you, Lord, we are free of our condemnation, of our sins, of our debts, because you have kept this door of this year of the Lord's freedom open to us till this day. And we enter through it, Lord, in faith. With hearts full of joy and lips that sing your glory. We thank you, Lord, because you entered history, you fulfilled the promises, and you have power to accomplish everything that you set forth to accomplish. Our freedom depended on that, and in that we are totally safe. And we rest in your mighty arms. You are our king forever. You are our anointed one. You are our Messiah. You are our Christ. And we thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church. It is wonderful to be here. Lewis will be taking over. How about we give Pastor Eduardo a big hand? Thank you. How about we take a stand, church? How about we stand?